Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Asian Seller Podcast. On the episode today, I'm going to be talking to my good friend and ex-colleague from Global Sources, who's also an Amazon seller, and he's currently in China in a city that's in quarantine. And um, uh, he's going to be telling us uh, what's really going on on the ground. So hi, Cameron. How are you doing? Hi, Megla. It's uh, great to be here. We've been talking a little bit about um, getting me on the podcast. I'm just a little bit <laughs> disappointed that it happened under these circumstances. I know. I almost wish I didn't have to do this podcast, you know, under, under these circumstances. But yeah, it is what it is. But uh, thank you so much for agreeing to doing this podcast. And I really wanted to talk to somebody who's on the ground over there and get a sense of what's really happening. Uh, because there's just so much information out there and we really don't know what's what's real, what's not, and what's really go going on on the ground. So, um, yeah, I really appreciate your your time over here. I know it's a tough situation for your family over there. You're, you're stuck with your family. So I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. So before we get into, uh, you know, what's really going on over there, do you want to really quickly tell people about yourself? Uh, you've been in China for a long time and we were colleagues in Global Sources and we've known each other for, I don't know, 10, 15 years now. But can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, sure, no problem. So I'm uh, originally born in Canada, born and raised in Canada. And I came to Asia right after I graduated university. So that was in 2002. And I've kind of been around uh, the greater China area since then. Um, I was in Hong Kong for a little bit, and then Beijing, and then Shenzhen, um, went to central China, to Xi'an for six years, and now I'm based in Shenzhen. Um, as you said, we were colleagues at Global Sources, so most of that time I was with Global Sources, um, you know, talking to a lot of suppliers, talking to a lot of buyers, so I'm pretty deep, um, you know, reasonably deep knowledge in that, in that industry. And like you said, we both struck out on our own. And uh, now I am for the last uh, eight months or so, um, and working on scaling an e-commerce business that my wife and uh, my brother-in-law were running previously. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think I met you for the first time in Xi'an way back when. And uh, I was setting up my team over there. And I remember you were sitting in this office and you were speaking Chinese. And I was like, who's this white guy here speaking such fluent Chinese? <laughs> and that's how I, you know, came to know you. So, okay. So how far are you from Wuhan? And, you know, what's the situation there where, where you are? And how long have you been there, actually? So, um, the, I mean, the reason why we're here is it's my wife's hometown. So my wife is Chinese from Xiangyang in Hubei province, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, a couple, a couple of weeks ago, maybe nobody's heard of Hubei and nobody's heard of Wuhan, <laughs> but um, yeah. they, they're now uh, very famous for unfortunate reasons. So um, we're about 300 kilometers away from, from Wuhan. Wuhan is the provincial capital of Hubei. Um, it's also the biggest city, and Xiangyang is... Uh, I think it might be the second biggest city in the province, about 300, 300 kilometers away. So, I mean, we've got a little distance between us, but not enough under the present circumstances. And what's the population of, of the city that you are? Is it like a big city with millions of people? I mean, of course, China, most well, cities China, have millions. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's a city of six million people. So it's, it's reasonably big. Yeah, yeah. So that's almost the size of Singapore. <laughs> Right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So, um, yeah, what's the situation there? Um, so since when have you since when have you been there? Did you go there before January twentieth? I mean, that's when I think, or January twenty second. That's when the lockdown happened in Wuhan, right? So, how long have you been there? Yeah, we got here on the eighteenth. Um, Chinese New Year, I think, was the twenty fifth. So, we our plan was like kind of two weeks: one before Chinese New Year, one after, visit relatives, that kind of thing. Um, there was, you know, there was this news was kind of out there. Um, when we got here and but even on our plane ride over like nobody's wearing masks I don't know anyone that changed their travel plans um, including to Wuhan I know some ex-colleagues at Global Sources who actually who work in Shenzhen and went back to Wuhan around the 18th as well so we, we didn't really realize the kind of the severity when we got here there were zero cases for the first you know, four or five days. Um, they started, you know, on the 22nd or the 21st, they recommended that people don't leave Wuhan. And mm-hmm. we saw that news, but, you know, it, it happened suddenly. So the next day, Wuhan got locked down, um, but we were still okay here. There was no cases. So we kind of, you know, kind of said, okay, we'll wait, wait a couple of days and see. Uh, but then a couple of days later, they just canceled all the flights, uh, train stations closed shut down just you can't get out um, and they basically mm-hmm. quarantined the city so we've been stuck um, we've been stuck since then originally we were supposed to go back on february 1st it's now february 6th i think um, mm-hmm. and we're just you know hunkered down here um, waiting luckily um, you know my business can be run remotely at least uh, ma- the majority of what i do um, so we're still in contact with our team. We still have uh, inventory in stock. We've, and we actually have quite a bit of inventory in stock. Um, so most of, you know, it hasn't had a huge impact on our business yet, but it's, it's been stressful being here and it just kind of, it's escalating day by day. I um, mean, it's getting to the point where, you know, it's, it's a bit scary. So when you say escalating day by day, what do you mean? Uh, like the number of cases are increasing or how is it escalating? Yeah, the number of cases. I, I mean, we look every morning on the, the data online. Um, there's apps that you can pull up on your cell phone that will tell you uh, by city the number of, the number of uh, confirmed cases, suspected cases, deaths, um, and also recoveries. So, I mean, at least the last couple of days, it's still increasing quite significantly every day, um, both in, you know, countrywide in Hubei and then also in this city. So we went from zero cases to now, I think this morning, it was something like 780 or something here. Wow. So that's, you know, it's a big, it's it's an exponential curve. I guess the, uh, the optimistic look is that it's, it seems to be flattening out the last couple of days, but it's flattening Mm -hmm. out, you know, they're they're adding like 2000, or more than that, like 5,000, 6,000 cases a day. So it's flattening out at a crazy high number. Wow. So I'm wondering, like, how are hospitals managing over there? Because, I mean, with so many people, um, you know, needing medical attention and all, must be a real stress on doctors and nurses. Like, there have been videos circulating online of, um, you know, overworked doctors and nurses and they're kind of breaking down. But do you have a sense of what's going on in the hospitals? Well, I've seen those videos too. I think some of those videos are probably are definitely real. Some of them are probably fake kind of propaganda. Um, and it's, I'd mm. say it's re- very hard to parse which one's which. 
but yeah, um, that, yeah. The, that the hospitals are overcrowded and that the med medical facilities are overcrowded is for sure happening just because of the, the scale of the, the scale of the problem. I have heard from, from other friends that um, basically the whole country has shipped all their medical personnel and expertise to Hubei. So mm -hmm. they're, they're basically, they've locked down um, other cities around China and basically told everybody, um, you know, not to move to, to, to kind of keep the caseload in those places low so they can basically take all the doctors and ship them over here. Mm -hmm. So they're, you know, allocating doctors like, you know, like resources. Um, and they're really apparently sending a lot of people over here to handle the caseloads here. So, I mean, our motto as a family is like, just do not get sick, do not go near the hospital. So I can't tell you, I can't tell you what yeah. the hospital is like because we're so far, I don't want to go anywhere near that building. Or those uh, absolutely yeah yeah so how do you get your you know daily supplies and groceries i mean are shops open are malls open or is there you know delivery happening of food and groceries so this is changing every day um during chinese new year obviously everything is kind of like a bunch of stuff is closed down anyway um and then it, it should be open by now we are in kind of a residential area so until yesterday, at least, the, the corner stores were open and we haven't needed to uh, go to grocery stores yet. So honestly, not quite sure on that. Um, we've heard that they are, for the most part, open, but it's, an, it's kind of the same situation as uh, what we just talked about, about the hostels. It's like you don't really want to go unless you have to go. Um, yeah, and we, you know, over Chinese New Year, a lot of people stock up on food and kind of, you know, have a lot in their house. So we've actually got a lot in our house. So we're kind of, <laughs> we're kind of um, <laughs> waiting until we, um, until we kind of need, need to go. Um, there's also, there is a little bit of delivery, but like nothing near the scale that it, that it normally, that it normally is in China. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the streets are all deserted and, you know, nobody's, nobody's out there, you know, going outside and playgrounds are empty and, right? I mean, uh, it's almost like a ghost town. It's a total ghost town. And it's getting more and more, like, if you saw, if you, it went from, you know, 100 people to two people. And yesterday it was like no people. Um, so it's getting... Like they're clearing the streets. There, there, there used to be some vendors selling vegetables and stuff, and they were cleared out yesterday. Um, like they're, they're really um, tightening things down. I think. I mean, their plan is basically to have everybody be, be totally isolated for two weeks. Whatever cases mm -hmm. pop up, they handle directly. But there's no mixing. There's as little mixing between people as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. That's my observation, anyway. So they don't, mm -hmm. they, they literally want everyone to just sit where they are and not interact with each other. Which is a good thing. I mean, if you think about it, you know, in the, in the long term, the sooner this is contained, the better it is. And, you know, this is the best way to contain it, right? Would you agree? Yeah, and you've got to wonder, like, if they hadn't taken some of these steps, what would it be like? Because it's, it's growing so quickly that, man, if they hadn't done this, I don't know what. Yeah. Like how much exactly. worse, it's, it's crazy to think about actually. 
Yeah, it was actually a very bold step to uh, lock down entire city, especially during Chinese New Year. So, yeah, I think that's that's really commendable. And I feel that, um, you know, the Chinese government is probably, um, you know, in a position to do it better than any other government in the world would be able to, just because they're kind of authoritarian. So Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. We, uh, we, we certainly weren't expecting it. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how are, I mean it's I can imagine you know it's, it must be so tough for your daughter because to to confine kids you know to the house for like 3 weeks now you're you're there for 3 weeks I mean how is she coping it must be really tough um you know to keep her spirits high and also she, she's also missing school so what are you doing about that So the schools have been um have been pushed back to March 2nd for us March 2nd and okay. March 3rd. So they're, they, and they were originally supposed to start on February 3rd. So they've been pushed back a month. So she's okay. not in the situation where the other kids are in school and she's not at least. Yeah. Um, our, the schools are now doing distance learning basically. So she has a daily bunch of work. Basically they turned us into the teachers. We're like homeschooling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, which is like, it's actually quite a lot of work. So on a daily basis, she's pretty, uh, she's pretty busy. And then, you know, you still got internet, you still got TV. Um, it's not, and we, we were going outside and just w going for like 10, 20 minute walks every day until yesterday. Um, okay. So that was kind of a little bit of fresh air, but now you can't even do that. So, I mean, it's not ideal. I, but she's, uh, she's doing okay. Okay, that's good, that's good. So then I've heard that other cities in Zhejiang province are also going to go under lockdown. Have you heard of, of about that? So there's Ningbo and uh, I heard Hangzhou as well. I've seen, I know that, uh, so Taizhou was the first one that I saw um, about a week ago. I know that they, they took a lot of measures and basically um, started locking down the city. I'm not sure it's quite like here. I'm, I'm not sure if you might be able to leave, but you can't come back, that kind of thing. They're doing a lot, okay. a lot of that. Um, mm -hmm. I've also seen sign, like highway signs posted online that, that basically say, if you get on this highway and come back, you have to be quarantined for 14 days. Wow. So, so think hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen stuff like that. I, I asked uh, one, of my, one of my friends who's a supplier in Ningbo yesterday, and she told me they were locked down, um, I think as of yesterday or the day before. So um, that's happened. I saw... Um, that somebody said Hangzhou online, but I haven't actually, I haven't, I haven't seen that myself. But yeah, okay. I mean, it's, uh, it's, Zhejiang is, I think, probably the second, the second biggest province after Hubei for this. And mm -hmm. uh, Wenzhou is pretty bad. There's a couple cities there that are, um, you know, they're, they've got a couple hundred cases. And they, they, I mean, they can obviously see what's happening here. So here, what's happening here is, is what they're trying to avoid happening there a week or two from now. Right. So how do you get your information and updates about the situation? I mean, are there, you know, government channels on WeChat, for example, or is it just, you know, word of mouth or how, and is, do you have reliable sources of information? I guess that's the question. Well, I mean, we'll know we'll know six months from now, right? <laughs> when, you, when, when, when everything washes out, you'll kind of know yeah. whether what you were hearing was true or not. But there's mm -hmm. multiple sources. Like we have um, we have WeChat, 
apps that have the official government numbers that are updated once a day. And the numbers are so high, you've got to, you've got to think that they're at least trying their best to make them accurate. Because mm. if they were, you know, if they, if they were trying to fudge the numbers, you'd think they'd try to make it look a little bit better. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, there's that. And then on the local level, there's, there's WeChat groups and, and word of mouth. And there's a lot of government officials and stuff joining into people's WeChat groups and giving them information as well on a local level. So okay. um, you like we, we can see the city level statistics on WeChat. And then there's like local kind of mostly through WeChat groups that are giving even more targeted local information. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like there's a lack of information. I, uh, I mean, I can imagine that it's, it's crazy to, uh, you know, get these statistics every day. So I don't think they're 100% accurate. They mm-hmm. can't be just because there's so much going on in every place in the whole country. Um, but mm-hmm. at least, I mean, maybe I'm an optimist, but they seem to be trying um, at least much more than like, you know, a hundred times what, what was happening during SARS. Because I was around for SARS too. And SARS was just put your head in the sand and pretend nothing's going wrong. Mm. Yeah. How do you think things are different now? I mean, compared to SARS at that time, I, knew, uh, I think the number of deaths has surpassed um, that of SARS. So like, h- how are things different now? The number of deaths is, um, I think it's still a little bit lower, but in the next couple of days, I think it'll probably, if anything, you know, if it continues on this track, it'll go past it. The number of mm-hmm. cases is way higher. It's like three times or something right now. And then every day it's, it's like, this is going to be, the end number is going to be way, way, way higher than, and higher than SARS. But um, yeah, I was, I had just gotten to Hong Kong when SARS, uh, when SARS started back then. So I was there kind of during the the panic. And then I actually traveled into China through Beijing and Shanghai when when that was kind of at its height. But we didn't know it. Mm. So the difference oh. back then was that we didn't, they weren't, they basically said nothing to see here. Nothing's happening. Don't worry about it. And we were like, okay, well, the problem's in Hong Kong. Let's go, let's go travel to Beijing and see the Great Wall. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then later on, what we found out was the problem was actually worse in Beijing. Oh, so so it's very different now. Um, like right now, they are doing well, at least from a, from my observation, they're doing every single thing that they can do to tell people that this is serious, um, extremely serious, and then keep people from 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 interacting. So it's it's night and day. They've obviously learned learned the lesson. Yeah. Also, I guess because of the internet and WeChat, you know, maybe it's easier to disseminate information. I think that that's probably a factor as well, right? Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. So what about, uh, you know, what what do you think is the situation with factories? And I mean, have you heard from, you know, either your suppliers or other sources, like when some factories might be able to, um, to start, especially in areas that are not as hard hit? Well, the the um, kind of official notice is the 10th of February for most of China. And then I think it's supposed to be the 14th of February for for areas around Hubei. I think Hubei, that's highly, highly, highly unlikely. Um, and mm. I think they'll end up pushing that back. For the rest of China, 
I've got to think that in the, in a number of places they're at least going to try. Um, but I think there'll be kind of a hybrid system of, you know, doing a couple things, but not doing everything, having people work from home um, in an office setting for a week or two before they go back to the office for factories, having the sales teams work, but kind of maybe, um, you know, maybe not have the, the actual factory floor running, um, you know, things like that. And then hopefully the week after the 17th, the 24th, maybe there'll be a little bit, a little bit happening. Like for us, mm -hmm. we're still, um, we're still hoping that at least we get some logistics starting on, um, you know, some shipping starting around the the week of the 10th. And we, like, we're not sure. I'm, I'm sure regardless, it's going to be slow, but what we're hoping is that we can get a little bit of stuff that's already done out. And that will be, you know, that will, in a couple of days when we try that, we'll know. So is your supplier, I mean, is your, is your factory or where you're sourcing from, is it still open or, you know, are they working? Um, I, we have a bunch of suppliers who are, who are, their offices are working. Um, I haven't heard any suppliers okay. that, that have started up the actual production yet. I think they have to wait till the 10th. Um, okay. Country, countrywide. But uh, we have our own, so we have our own warehouse operation. So okay. we have goods that are in our warehouse that we're ready to ship and we just missed the deadline um, before Chinese New Year, which is, which <laughs> we thought was a little, was about a two week delay. Um, and now we're, we're, we're kind of regretting not, not pushing it out the door, but, uh, yeah. yeah, so we have, we have goods that are just sitting in the warehouse and all they need to be, all they need, we need to do is put them on a truck and get them to port. Okay. And of course, um, I mean, are ports functioning right now are, you know, I heard from Unicargo, they posted on Facebook saying that their office is is functioning, but I'm not sure if, you know, like logistics and all are, are already happening. Do you know anything about that? It's the same, all February 10th. So I know that okay. um, a lot of the logistics company have people on staff that are already, uh, you know, working from home and doing all the documentation. Mm -hmm. um, but theoretically, at least what they're saying right now is February 10th to start shipping stuff. But, you mm -hmm. know, as if, if, if things got worse in the next couple of days, then maybe they would push that back. So, it, I mean, one letter from the government and that could be February 17th. So it's, mm -hmm. it's still uh, it's still wait and see. But I think, uh, you know, we're we're assuming that at least for now that that February 10th is, is what's going to happen. And we're kind of planning around that. OK, OK. So you mentioned that you already have uh, stock and, uh, you know, you're not affected as such. But what do you think might be, um, you know, the overall impact on your business if this continues for, you know, a, a week or so? Or how long do you think your, your stocks will last and when will it start really affecting your business? We've got a, we've got a month or two um, kind of okay. leeway. So we, mm. we should be OK for a month or two. Um, mm -hmm. we also, like I said, we have, we have a, a warehouse operation, so we have the ability to assemble products ourselves. So we have generally more flexibility than most people do. Um, but we do have to, you know, get stuff shipped from around China to our warehouse. So that's going to be the, the key for us. We've, we've yeah. got, we've got a couple, we've got a good, we've got about a month where we, uh, we should be okay. I was, um, 
looking at inventory levels a couple of weeks ago and I was kind of annoyed that we had so much. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore, yeah. <laughs> and uh, have you heard if, um, I mean, have you seen an increase in sales? Because, I mean, if you think about it, you know, people, I think in, in many countries, that are affected by this, um, you know, people maybe don't want to go out to shop and they're you know, <clears throat> shopping more online. So have you seen an increase in sales? Well, so I, I've seen those articles um, of kind of analysts of, of uh, Amazon stock making that prediction. We actually, for the, so for the past eight or nine days, we've had a really good sales day. Okay. Um, so, but I don't know necessarily that's a, you know, I don't, cause and effect, not sure. I've, okay. I've talked to various other sellers who haven't seen that. So I haven't seen, mm -hmm. you know, across the board, everyone saying that this, you know, this 10 days or whatever has been wonderful. But for us, it has been um, directly related or not. Honestly, no idea. So what is your sense of the trade shows in Hong Kong and uh, in, in China? Do you think there's a chance they'll be canceled? Because a couple of days ago, there was a notice sent out by Canton Fair to exhibitors saying that exhibition activities have been suspended, but they didn't clearly say the Canton Fair will be canceled. So what is your sense of what might happen? Yeah, so starting about a week ago, I, I had heard that there were some major shows in southern China, like domestic China shows that were canceled. So we kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um, the, all, the, all the big shows in China are canceled, at least for the next, I, I saw through the end of March or maybe through the end of April. So mm. Canton Fair, I mean, is obviously the big one. And... I, I guess they were purposely ambiguous about it just to kind of give themselves a little bit of extra time. But I also heard the same news as you that they're basically telling their suppliers that, that it's, that it's basically probably going to be canceled. So, I mean, it's very, very tough to say. I think regardless, this is going to be going on for a while. And, you know, regardless of whether they're canceled or not, the both sides, the buy side and the supply side are going to be, heavily impacted so if you, if you made me bet i mean it sounds like canton fair is going to be canceled the others mm -hmm. i think will will do a wait and see um, for another couple of weeks or for a month or so but uh you know it's not going to be a pretty trade show season regardless yeah yeah so what advice do you have for you know amazon sellers e-commerce sellers who are in this situation and with all of the supply chain disruption going on in china people running low on stocks and out of stock. Like, do you have any advice for them on how they can deal with the situation or what steps that they, they can take to cope with it? Well, I guess there's two different, um, there's two different kind of tacks that you can, that you can take. Number one is just make sure you have a good relationship with your suppliers. Um, you have up to date mm -hmm. information. So, you know, get them on, if, if they're not already on WeChat with you, get them on WeChat, understand the situation, um, be sympathetic. So, I mean, obviously you can't hold suppliers to their original deadlines, but you need to work with them to try to get your stuff done as quickly as possible and understand how they're going to organize your goods um, once, you know, once things start to start to go again. Um, because suppliers do have latitude in what they produce first, what they produce second, what they produce third. So your, your goal mm -hmm. should be to get, get at least close to the front of the line. Um, and at least, you know, part of the way you do that is through having a long relationship, uh, you know, big orders. But, you know, 
talking with them, seeing what they're planning on doing, understanding the situation, understanding if there's anything you can do in a flexible way that would that would get things done earlier, I think is is a good idea. Um, secondarily is, you know, you're uh, India, Vietnam, some of these other places. So you're in a, you're in a good place to uh, to help people with this problem, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of inquiries uh, from people who are, you know, looking for alternative uh, markets. But of course, the problem is that all of these alternative markets, they they don't they're not as good as China in terms of the variety of products that are offered and and all of those things. But yeah, definitely. I mean, India, I think, is the strongest, uh, uh, I would say, best second option outside of China. There are a lot of good products in terms of home decor and gift products, um, fashion, apparel. So yeah, and a lot of e-commerce sellers are also increasingly sourcing from India. So yeah, definitely that's one option. I'm sure that those Indian suppliers are getting flooded now though, which is kind of the, 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 other, the other side of that. Um, yes. I'm sure that they've, they've got three times the inquiries that they had a month ago. Yes, they do. The sourcing agents, logistics companies, all of them have, yeah, a lot of inquiries. So, yeah. So, Cameron, anything else that you want to say or add before we sign off? No, I'd say let's just all hope that, uh, you know, by the time people listen to this or a couple of days from now, that things will have taken a turn for the better. And um, I hope to see some of you guys uh, in person sometime soon and not not from you guys coming here from me going there <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so cameron thank you so much for your time and um wish you and your family all the very best stay safe and take care yeah thanks very much okay thanks bye